Welcome to the Might Sound Wild podcast. I'm Ron Wayne Scott. And I'm April Loyal. And today we are finally addressing all of the business questions that we've sporadically got over the years, mostly Ron. Every time we have a friend or someone in the industry that is starting a new business or they're getting ready to open, they always are overwhelmed. They have tons of questions. And I've been after Ron for years to put out some kind of informative, either PDF or email or something to help people along this journey. And we just could not figure out how to go about that. So since my daughter Brianna is starting a brand new business, which we'll get into here in a little bit, we used her as a guinea pig basically this week when Ron was in town. And we went through the steps, Ron went through the steps to help her get her business legal and started. And we are here today to share those steps with you. And we'll do that right after the break. Hey guys, it's Brianna LaCosta. I'm the social media manager for Mountainscape, Shore Shooters, and Might Sound Wild. I want to invite you to stay connected with us. We post regularly and we want to see you interact with us. You can find Shore Shooters and Mountainscape through Instagram and Facebook. You can follow Might Sound Wild on Instagram and subscribe on YouTube. This week, we are taking you step-by-step through the process of starting a brand new business. And like April said before the break, we get asked this a lot about all of the steps to starting a business. And so since Brianna is starting a new business, we figured what better way to explain the process than to just lay out everything that we did in all of the steps to getting Brianna's business started. So that's what we're going to talk about this week. Yeah, so I suggest right now press pause and grab a notebook and write these things down because um, and now as we get into this, you'll see Ron was explaining to me that in some situations, these aren't like one, two, three steps. Sometimes some of these steps can happen simultaneously, kind of depending on the nature of your business, even the name of your business. So don't worry too much about the order of what we're talking about, but definitely take bullet point notes today. Um, This is going to feel overwhelming to people with um, the brain, I always say the mindset or the personality type, however you want to look at it. The creative brain. Yes. If you find things like taxes and words like LLC and and things like that to make your chest get kind of tight, take your breath away. If you you avoid those kinds of um, things, this one is really for you. Um, Some people thrive on organization, to-do list, um, numbers, and these things don't I'm over here raising my hand. Yes, you. These things don't necessarily overwhelm people. They thrive on it. So if you're listening to that today and you're that personality type, still take notes and you can just tackle this bad boy. You can just get right into it and go, thanks for this information. I'm on it. But if you're like me and these things kind of scare you, don't, don't, don't turn us off. You know, listen up. You can do it. Brianna is sitting here, 18 years old, just about to graduate high school. And she kind of went through these steps with Ron. First of all, before we get into it, are you still feel like it's a blur? Are you still, or do you have, feel like you have a grip on it, Brianna? I mean, I feel like if I was doing it by myself, I would have like some questions. Like if I didn't have you guys helping me, because they don't teach us that in school. <laughs> so I like that's I really true. Was just lost if I was doing it by myself. Mm-hmm. My whole goal in all of this was to not have Brianna go. Okay, that's it. I don't want to start a business now. So. <laughs> I wanted to make sure it was 
easy enough to follow along. And one thing I want to say before we get going here is to keep in mind that depending on where you live and what type of business you're starting, some of these steps may be different, especially when we get to the local stuff, because local, different towns, different states have different rules as far as starting a business. And also, we're going to be going into uh, sales tax a little bit later on. Now, Brianna is starting a retail business. So, of course, sales tax is going to be part of it. If you're something that's not retail, you might not have to deal with that part of it. And I want to say, Ron, so if I were listening to this for the first time, I go, okay, how do I know? What's the general rule of thumb to know if I need to charge and pay sales tax? I know it has something to do with either being a service or selling a product. Generally, kind of, yeah, generally, okay. if you're selling a product, it's taxable. That's kind of a main rule of thumb. But there if are you are a service. Explain services: makeup artist, hairstylist. Yeah, if you're not selling a physical product, then you're not gonna get. You're not gonna have to pay sales tax. Okay. If you have any questions about that, you can usually do a quick Google search. Some people under, uh, underestimate the power of literally typing in your question on Google. Do I need to charge yeah. sales tax for X, Y, Z? Yeah. So, okay. Are we ready? Let's get into the steps. All right. Let's do this it. This is, like Ron said, this is for uh, a retail business. Um, another friend of ours is also um, doing an online store. She's getting off the ground with selling antiques. So I hope she's listening today. Brianna is selling... Um, some new, some vintage things, which we're going to talk about Brianna's business before we leave today. So if you are a photographer, because I took a poll recently and most of our listeners are photographers. So each time we talk about these steps, Ron, I might try to jump back in there and go, what if you're a photographer? Yeah. And and speaking of that, let's kind of circle back to the sales tax thing real okay. quick before we get started. Because it's another one of those things where it varies by state. Uh, for example, Alabama considers digital downloads of pictures a taxable product. In the state of Alabama, if you're giving somebody a digital download of their pictures, that is the same thing as giving them a print of that mm. picture, which means that it is considered a product and therefore it's taxable. Other states don't consider it taxable. So mm -hmm. that's another thing where you want to do your research. Um, if you're a photographer who's listening to us right now. Is there a little bit more of an example where you can explain how they can find out the answers to this? Uh, like you said, just Google it. Um, okay. I don't remember the website where I found this, but because uh, this was probably a couple of years ago when I looked this up, uh, I was just Googled uh sales tax for photographers. And uh, I found a website that had a whole map of the United States and it showed different colors based on whether digital downloads were taxable or not. And okay. so, so some states, a digital download of a picture is considered a taxable item. Other states, it's not. Okay. Um, okay. So we're going to get into this. Brianna, um, Ron was telling me before we got started on this podcast today that some of the reasons we went in the order we did as far as forming her business was because she had such a unique business name that we are pretty certain that 
the LLC and the domain name, which are two separate steps we're going to get into, would be available for her. But we kind of checked those simultaneously. And Ron, you gave an example that a more common name, use the um, example Main Street Grocery yeah. or something like that. Yeah, if, you're, if your business is going to be something very common sounding like Main Street Grocery Store, Main Street Hardware Store, something to that effect, you are going to want to do a little bit of research to see, number one, if you can get a website domain name that you like, because obviously there's going to be lots of people, you know, competing for that domain name. And also, if you're registering an LLC, LLC names have to be unique for that state. In other words, if you want to call your store Main Street Grocery Store LLC, you should check with your state to make sure that somebody else doesn't already have an LLC by that name. And there's a couple and I feel of like these go simultaneous. So these kind of go together. Yeah, they kind of so go are, hand in hand. These are two different steps with two when Ron is saying you need to check, he's going to be more specific here in a second. When you're checking for these, the reason I say they kind of go together is you may want to consider changing your entire business name just off the fact that you can't get the domain name that you like. Right, exactly. You do not want your website to be something very different than the name of your business. Yeah, you're, so you don't want like to use a... Yeah, you, you might not want to use a .net domain name or something like that. Maybe you want to... So let's be practical, Ron. Where do you find... Where do you go to see where do domain names are available? I always check GoDaddy.com, G-O-D-A-D-D-Y.com, uh, because when you go on there, at the top of the very first page, you're going to be able to type in a domain name, and you're going to be able to see if it's available, because if it is available, it's going to say, you can buy this domain for $11 or whatever. If the domain has already been purchased by somebody, if somebody already owns that domain, it will give you some suggestions as far as something close to that. A lot of them probably aren't going to make any sense to what you're doing because it's kind of an automated process. So it's probably going to come up with some ridiculous domain name suggestions that you don't want. But that's a good first step. If you're set on having a certain domain name for your business, You'll want to check that first before you. Now, if you're going to form an LLC, which in, you can go back to previous episodes where we've um, talked about this topic, Ron has explained the difference, the liability of just being a sole proprietor, the difference between having an LLC and everything before. Um, if I'm hoping that if you're at this step, if you're listening to this episode, you already know what you what what type of business you're forming. So let's say that you are forming an LLC so that you're personally not liable. Your business, we've explained this before, Ron, but Yeah, I'll just give a real I'll just give okay. a real quick version of it. Catch you up. If you are a sole proprietor working under your social security number, then if somebody sues you, they can take your house, your car, whatever. If you are an LLC, they can sue the business, but they can't take any of your personal property. So that's the main advantage to doing an LLC. Can we add to that, Ron? The other day, you and I were personally talking about our taxes versus our business taxes. And you also explained to me that our businesses that we own, does they do not pay taxes. That's, that's another thing. Uh, 
and it's kind of this way with a sole proprietor as well, because even if you're just a sole proprietor and not an LLC, you are responsible for the income tax every year and not the business. Um, an LLC kind of works along the same way. The business itself does not pay income tax. That income tax is passed on to the owners of the companies. Like So if this is, before we get keep, keep going, because I don't want to go off on a little pig trail here, this is something that we recommend you seeing a CPA. Oh, yeah. uh, when you're when you're forming a business, ask all the questions and ask the appropriate people questions. So when it comes to taxes, if you'd like to sit down and get tax advice from a CPA, we highly suggest you do that before you even start forming the legalities of your business so that you make sure you're going in the direction that makes sense for your business. Yes. And the thing is, everybody thinks that I'm the expert on all this kind of stuff. But uh, April, you know that a few years ago, you and I went to a CPA who told us that shore shooters needed to be an S corporation. And she explained the benefits of an S corporation. I didn't know what an S corporation was before we went to that CPA. I'd heard of it before, but I didn't know what it was. So yeah, definitely go to a CPA and they'll recommend the best situation for you. Right. So let's get back in front of your computer. Say you've sat down, you've opened up GoDaddy, you're looking for your domain name that matches um, hopefully your business title or whatever it is that you want it to be. Before you go and buy that um, that domain, the reason I said there are simultaneous steps is you can also use a service like in our in our case, we used biz filing. There's yes. other services available. LegalZoom Le- is another one. I use biz filings just because they're a little bit more affordable, or at least they, <laughs> they were at one time. Uh LegalZoom, I used LegalZoom years ago, but then I discovered biz filings and found out that they were a little more affordable than LegalZoom. But uh, this uh, is where you're going to start forming your LLC or whatever paper it is that you need. They're going to do this on your behalf. The reason I say you can do this at the same time is you can kind of also make sure that that name is available through this way you're making, I hope I'm making sense. Yeah. that your name of your LLC is also matching up with your domain. Name. Yeah, so- when you start on the biz filings paperwork, it's going to ask you what you want the name of your company to be, and then it's going to ask you for an alternate name in case that first choice is not available. Because one of the things that they're going to do is they are going to verify with the state that that name is available. So, so, so they will answer some questions, right, Ron? Yes. And let me, let me go into a little bit more as far as like biz filings, because biz filings or any of these other services, you can do all of this stuff yourself. If you are a, uh, numbers, uh, geeky sit in front of the computer all day kind of person, (laughs) it's a lot of work. Or you can just pay a company like Biz Filings to do it all for you. Now, I do want to say this. In Brianna's case, we just did, all we did with Biz Filings was have them form the LLC with the government, the state and federal government. We didn't have them do the local stuff. Or we also didn't have them get the tax ID number. 
because the getting the tax ID number is a fairly simple step. It's just go to irs.gov and just a little bit of paperwork. You pay a small fee. Uh, we could have had biz filings do that part too. But I said, let's save you a little bit of money here and we'll just go on the IRS website and do that ourselves. So, I have a question. Yeah, go ahead. How quickly did we know from, so I'm trying to, I remember when the domain, we just like went ahead and paid for it. We were like, ah, yes, it's available. Let's grab it. How quickly did we know that she was going to be able to keep her name to form her LLC from biz filing? Did they let us know immediately? Uh, I think it was like the next day. Yeah. Or day, okay. It was, it was a day or two later, I think. Brianna says it was the next day. It okay, was the next so, day. Okay. Cause I know we did all of this on Sunday afternoon. Yeah. And yeah, I think you got the email on Monday showing that because that's a pretty simple process. Uh, you could this is another one of those things that you could actually do yourself if you really want to, because there is usually a state website where you can go to and search for the name of a business. And it's going to tell you if that if there's no businesses by that name that exist. Okay, so I still I hope you guys are hanging in there. We're um, we've been talking about this for fifteen minutes, and you might still feel confused. So let me sum it up really quick. We went on Biz Files website and started forming the paperwork, which is a simple process for Brianna's business. Okay, we we selected the parts that we felt like we needed them to do on our behalf, and then we moved right on to the parts that we felt like we could do without paying Biz File to do for us, which was apply for a tax ID, which I have listed as a third step um, on irs.gov. There's a, it's so, guys, it's so simple. It literally says uh, <laughs> apply for yeah. tax ID or your EIN, which is your employee identification number. You need now, this now I know there, I know there was a small charge for that. Do you remember how much that was? I think it was a hundred bucks. Yeah. Okay. It was like um, bucks. Something like that. And, and like I said, you could, you could have biz filings do that for you, but I think they were going to charge like another $50 to do it. Yeah. So we're so. just trying to save money and we're, and we're not scared to go ahead and do this. The IRS has already issued this number to Brianna. So that part is done. And it took and you what, about that. three days to get the tax ID number? Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we did it Sunday, and I don't know what day we've had it, but it's it's in there now, so yeah. less than a week. Okay. So that part, so so we went through um, biz filing process, and we are still in process with them because they kind of have steps, like Ron said, they have to check with the state, they've got to get some things set up. We bought and secured um, through GoDaddy the domain name that Brianna's going to use for a website. And the next thing that we did was we decided, because we live right by City Hall, we went in and Brianna filled out this uh, city application to do business here in the city of Gulf Shores. You can also do that online, depending on your town. Um, They did ask for her tax ID number so that if you're you're trying to get your steps in order and you want to be really efficient, you can wait and go to the city after you have that number issued to you so you can make sure your application's, you know, complete. Um, in this case, the city of Gulf Shores wants to review the application before they issue the license back to us. And in some circumstances, there will also be county uh, um, uh, license that you need, correct, Ron? Yes. Um, we haven't completed those steps yet, but there is still, uh, in in Brianna's situation, there is a county business license that's needed. And 
this is another one of those things that's going to be different for every plate, regardless of where you live. Um, where you live in Alabama, the county business license is, I think, $18 a year, I believe, something like that. So very cheap. Yeah. Um, so you can find, and like in raw, if you feel like, oh, well, how do I know? And in, in our situation, we're in city hall and Ron just asked the clerk, Hey, where do we need to go do our County license too? And she said, yeah, go up to the courthouse, you know, the courthouse and do the county. So people are going to tell you. So just, just ask questions, set aside the funds to pay your fees. I can be very transparent. We paid Brianna's LLC fees. They were close to three. 23 about 350 to have that legalized um so you need to be prepared for that domains can be all over the map usually you can expect to pay like 12 15 unless someone has bought a popular domain and is trying to resell it to you you shouldn't be paying more than 20 and that also depends on what you need because ron i remember you were asking brianna if she needed an email address and those yeah kinds of things. and that was that was another thing that i wanted to touch on real quick like in mm -hmm. brianna's situation brianna's not too concerned about the website right now but she wanted the domain to be able to have an official email address with her business name in it so yes. What we did with Brianna is we bought the domain name and just purchased an email service through GoDaddy. So that made the domain a little bit more because we were adding the email onto it. And this is something, guys, that like in Brianna's case, I think hers is good for about two years and then it's going to renew. Um, so, you know, whatever cart. Now, this, this, so I, I'd like to say, there's other steps that are very necessary to keeping your business finances situated and things like that. Because Brianna is just getting started and she doesn't have a business checking account or any of that yet because she doesn't have the legal business, we kind of had to pay these things out of pocket. So your credit card that's attached to it for renewal might be your personal one. You might want to go back and switch these things in the future once you open your business account. But the business account is kind of the last thing that you can do, right, Ron, because you Yeah, you're going to have to have, people. most banks are going to require that you have some sort of a business license or something to show that you are an official business before you mm -hmm. can open a business bank account. And they're going to need that tax like ID the number. And the egg thing, like did the chicken come? <laughs> yeah. It definitely is because you, because you're like, well, there's all these things that I want to do, but what Ron and I, what I've learned from Ron watching him over the years with our personal businesses is like, we definitely wanted to separate funds. Like with, you know, what part am I paying? If I'm paying for my business, I want to kind of, in the past, Ron and I have had to loan the businesses money yeah. personally. Well, and, and that's, that's and that's sort that. of, that's sort of the reason why we are already going through all of this with Brianna, because mm -hmm. Brianna's actual storefront is not going to be built for several more months, but she needs to buy the stuff to sell in there. So mm -hmm. that's why she needs to have a tax ID number and a business bank account and all that kind of stuff. So she can start purchasing the things that she'll be selling in her store once it's there. So maybe we can take a little break here and then get back into the final steps and ask Brianna what she's up to. Okay. Sounds good. We'll be right back. Hey guys, it's Michelle Hatcher. 
I'm Chief Editor for Might Sound Wild, Shore Shooters, and Mountain Escape. We're growing our team this year and looking to partner with new photographers. We could specifically use some people along the Outer Banks, North Carolina, Hilton Head Island, South Carolina, Clearwater and Sarasota, Florida, and also along the Gulf Coast in areas like Panama City Beach, 30A, Dustin, and Navarre. If you're looking to fill in your schedule or make some extra money, we would love to help. Just fill out an application at mightsoundwild.co and I'll personally get in touch. All right, we're back. We're hoping that this, uh, bear with us because if this podcast has been all over the place, it's just because there's lots of information to give out and we are trying so hard to simplify it for you. So uh, Ron, right now, before we go into what Brianna's up to, is there anything else you can add to this? There, um, is, there is one more step that we're going to have okay. to take in Brianna's case. And we talked about this earlier in the podcast. This is going to be different depending on what type of business you have and where you're located. But in Brianna's case, since she is retail, sales tax is something that's going to have to be done. And the thing is, once Brianna has all of her business licenses and all of that, then since she is in Alabama, she will go on to myalabamataxes.alabama.gov, I think. Hold on. Yes. Myalabamataxes.alabama.gov. And that's where you're going to go if you are in Alabama. Every state has a website like this. So mm-hmm. you're just going to have to do a Google search to find out what the website is for your state. Uh, but once you have your business license, tax ID, and all that, uh, you will be able to go on your state's sales tax website and then set up your sales tax account on there. Now, I will say some cities and counties don't have their sales tax included in the state sales tax website. So there may Wait, be situations there may be time. situations where your city or county does their sales tax through a different website than the state. Luckily okay. in our situation um and let me explain that a little bit more. Okay. So in Baldwin County, Alabama which is where Brianna's business is going to be located. The sales tax rate is 10%. That is 4% for the state, 3% for the county, and 3% for the city. And that's how they come up with the 10%. Now, the good thing about Baldwin County, Alabama, is the state handles the online collection for the county and the city as well. Oh, got it. So one place. You only have to go onto one place to okay. do all of that. So it comes out to be 10% sales tax, but it's divided up between 4% for the state, 3% for the county, 3% for the city. So some places you might have to go to a different website to pay the city and the county portion of your sales tax. If you're like us and you went into an actual city hall for your application, they told us where to pay sales tax. Right. So if you're sitting here and you're wondering, like, how do I know that? Someone's going to tell you. And and again, if this gets really complicated and you don't want to do all this stuff every month and you can't remember to do all this stuff every month, it might be worth your money to pay a CPA to do it for you. Because in that case, 
Yeah. In that case, all you're going to have to do, your, your CPA is going to ask you for a report at the end of the month. And you just take that or you can even give your CPA access to your accounting software to where they can go in there. If you're doing, if you're using something like QuickBooks online, you can have, you can allow your accountant, your CPA to log into your accounting software. And then they just pull up the report and they see how much you collected in sales tax. And then they pay the state, the city and the county for for you. I would highly suggest this, guys. I feel like if I were trying to start a business alone without Ron, this is where I would fail. I would be late and forget to report and pay sales tax. So, guys, I just need to throw this out there in case you're really naive if you have this type of business that has to report sales tax and you've done $0 over the month, you still have to report. You still have to report it. You have to report it as zero sales because if you don't do anything at all, they're going to charge you a penalty, which is going to be about $50, I think. So I think if you've, if you've been listening to this and you are, and I'm not picking on anyone. I'm trying to get motivate you here. So don't, don't hear me wrong. If you are running your business, collecting money through Venmo, because it makes your life feel so much easier. I would really, really press upon you to stop doing that. Number one, you are not doing it correctly or legal, right? You are not conducting business legally. We talk about that a lot on our podcast because it's very frustrating for people who play by the rules, pay for permits, pay taxes, report taxes, to sit back and see small businesses all all throughout our area just saying Venmo me for this product or even photography businesses that we know are completely ran illegally. It's very frustrating for us. It is. Because we are we we spend a lot of money to be legal. We do things the right way because it's the right thing to do. And we don't want people out there doing things wrong, claiming that they're just naive, that they don't know. Maybe they're just like me and they like to avoid these kinds of things because they seem hard. We are trying to lay it out for you that it's not hard. You can do it. I'm trying to convince Ron to offer some kind of service. <laughs> if anyone wants to um, chime in on that, hit, you know, like let me know on Instagram if you want Ron to charge you a small fee where he holds your hand like he did Brianna. Because let me say, hey, Brianna I'll do did it. that. Was that not beneficial? Oh, yeah, for sure. Just because I literally know nothing about mm-hmm. any of this. Like, I would totally just be happy popping up places, taking Venmo, taking cash. Yeah. But I also am terrified of getting in trouble with the government. Mm-hmm. So, I <laughs> just, it's um, a big burden lifting and if off you, my shoulders. And if you do it illegally, they're going to catch up to you eventually. Venmo is already becoming like PayPal, guys. We're letting you know. They're the, watching it. The IRS, cannot- yes, the IRS is already watching Venmo. Yeah. And they're going to crack down on it just the same way they did with PayPal and mm-hmm. eBay uh, and all of that. Because I remember years ago when eBay first became the big thing, there were people making six figures a year selling oh, things yeah. on eBay. And it took the government a few years to catch on to it. But after a few years, they finally realized, hey, there's people getting rich on eBay (laughs) and we're not getting a cut of that money. And 
have to know how we feel here that we we know the government's not going to let anybody get rich. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so so after a few years of realizing that there were people practically becoming millionaires on eBay, the government said, "Hey, we got to get our cut of that." We're and so uh of course PayPal and eBay I don't know if they still are, but at the time they were the same company. And so the government went to PayPal and said, "Hey, Anybody who collects more than $600 a year, you have to send them a 1099, which means that the government also gets a copy of those 1099s. So the government knows if you made more than $600 a year through PayPal. And, so don't try to hide it. <laughs> Just yeah, do and, it right. and it's going to it's it's about to become the same way with Venmo that mm-hmm. if you made more than $600 in a year on Venmo, the government is going to know that because the government is requiring Venmo to send 1099s on those. Yep. So be prepared for this. I hope this. I hope this helped. I have. Uh, I want Brianna to share what's you know what's up her sleeve, what she's got going on. But before I do that, Ron, is yes. it okay if I um, invite people to email you with any more sure. questions? Of course. Yeah. No problem what about, at all. Um, so- you can email Ron at shoreshooters.com. If we see um, repeat questions, maybe we can put out something more informative. This was kind of just a chat to get you guys going, but don't be shy. Let us know if Ron can help you because he definitely helped Brianna. Um, she just said it was a big burden lift off of her shoulders. That was her word. So um, I think we can, Ron can help you too. So, all right, Brianna. So what, so people, if you're following um, along on Instagram, if you follow me personally, I'm always um, tagging Mitzi Jean on Instagram because I've been helping Brianna shoot some product, which is like the most fun I've had as a <laughs> photographer in probably like five or six years. I'm having a blast. What are you up to? Well, I <laughs> am opening up a vintage clothing store locally in Gulf Shores and it's not just going to be vintage. That's why I wanted my tax ID number and stuff. So I could start wholesaling a certain, a few things like bathing suits, you know, accessories, jewelry, stuff like that. But yeah, that's, that's what I'm doing. So so for a while, Brianna has been collecting um, from all all of the places that we've lived and moved around to and traveled to. She has been thrifting and April has no closet space in her house anymore. Yep, yep. <laughs> we um, spent the last two days trying to rectify the organization <laughs> problems that we have here for the clothes. Um, a couple of years ago, Brianna told me she started dropping little hints that something was on her mind or there was some idea brewing. And she would say things like, gosh, I wish that you could buy secondhand things in a store that was organized and clean and felt almost like a boutique experience instead of a stinky, smelly Goodwill. Because you <laughs> like to buy things secondhand and vintage things. You buy vintage stuff all the time without knowing it. And mm-hmm. I'll tell you that it's vintage, but mm-hmm. you don't like looking for things yeah. and you don't like stinky thrift stores. Whereas I don't mind. I've been thrifting with my grandmother since I was like a child and it just doesn't really bother me. And I think it's fun. It's like a game to me, like finding stuff. It's Mm -hmm. so rewarding. And for so long I would find things that I was like, Oh, that's so cute, but it's not my size or whatever. And, um, 
you know, just all my friends would say, Brianna, you have to go thrifting with me. I don't know how to do it. I'm not good at it. I never find anything. I don't have the patience for it. And, um, after I decided that I knew that this was what I wanted to do, my friend Olivia, she said to me, oh, if you find anything in my size that you think I'd like, you know, go ahead and get it for me and I'll give you like a finder's fee or whatever. Mm. So one day I found like, I think maybe like five or six sweatshirts for her and she loved all of them. And it was so rewarding to me to watch her like try them on. And she was just so happy and she just loved all of them. And it was just a good feeling to help people be just as happy about it as I was because I was so excited about them. And then she was too. So yeah. And at that point, at that point you were hooked, huh? Yeah. I was like, this is awesome. Well, I see the creativity that you possess coming out in your brand. So the rewarding feeling that you're getting is such a cute, like part of your story. But I also see that you have always lean toward the styling of things. Mm -hmm. And it seems like with your brand, you enjoy creating the whole lifestyle behind it. So like, for example, you see these like overalls and this, um, you know, shirt or whatever, and you've got this whole like style in mind for it. So I think that's where you shine. Whereas some people might not see that in a thrift store, in an ordinary thrift store, they might not look at that same thing and get it. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of helping people see that. And there's so many good, there's so many advantages to that. Like number one, it's just being responsible to the environment yeah. to not buy fast fashion and go pay mm-hmm. more than you should pay at leading retail stores when there's yeah. good products that were made here in America that already exist. That is literally going to get thrown in a dumpster if nobody buys it. That, so, yeah, and people who don't, you know, want to go out and look for it are missing out. And I don't want people to miss out on like, there's so much good stuff out there and finding it. And then, you know, I do so much research on certain brands like Levi's and Ralph Lauren and all this kind of stuff. And I know like what's what I know, what's really vintage. I know what's desirable. I know, and not everybody's going to take the time to do that. And mm-hmm. not everybody should have to just to be sustainable and responsible so you, you mentioned that you went um, thrifting with both of your grandmothers have been thrifty without um, being trendy about it. That's just oh, how they, not. <laughs> I know my mother raised me that way. Your dad's mother raised all her kids that way. So tell us about the name of your store. So Mitzi Jean is both of my grandma's names. My dad's mother's name is Mitzi and your mom's name is Gwen, Gwendolyn Jean. So I took her middle name because it sounds good with my grandma's first name and Kim Mitzi Gwendolyn just doesn't have the same <laughs> yeah, ring Mitzi to Gwendolyn it. Mitzi Gwendolyn sounds like um, crazy. Well, everybody's dying over the name. Everybody, know, everybody loves, loves it. So it's a brand and both of those women, um, both of your grandmothers are similar and different and at the same time. But yes. the thing that they have in common is they know how to stretch money. Mm-hmm. They know how to be responsible. My mom grows her own food and that kind yeah. of thing. And um, Mitzi provides for a lot of grandchildren. She does loves it on a bargain. A, yeah, she, she loves, loves a, bargain. a bargain. So, um, yeah, I think I think people are kind of hooked on that. They wanted to know, like, the, you know, the, the story behind it. I kind of um, like I kind of like the fact that the two grandmothers are really different in their thrifting because I think you probably took a combination of the two of them and applied both of their styles to your shop. Yeah. 
Yes, yes, definitely. And they, um, they're, they were so cute learning about this. I think that they, they still are trying to figure out like exactly what's going on, but, um, my mom's got her eyes peeled for Brianna for oh, stuff yeah. now. She's and... always looking, she's sending me stuff all the time and she looks on Facebook marketplace <laughs> for stuff for me. And then my grandma, my other grandma, I have my granny, that's mm-hmm. the gene part. And then my grandma is Mitzi and Mitzi is just loving that her name is like a thing. I'm she sure she does. doesn't have any grandchildren named after her. And I told her, I was like, I'm naming my first baby after you. <laughs> my clothing store is named after you. In that case, let's hope your first child is not a boy. Because <laughs> I, I just don't think a boy named Mitzi would. That would be like the old Johnny Cash song, A Boy Named Sue. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, um, I, I think that we will probably um, let Brie, follow Brienne on Instagram because as far as her building location, we haven't dropped that officially yet. It's still a little bit of a secret, but there are plans in the works. There should be. We are hoping that this is the year by end of summer, there is an actual brick and mortar store and we can't wait. I know Brianna is really excited to start sharing the progress of that. But for now, we'll just keep it a little secret and you can just follow along. Speaking of all the legal aspects of the business, Brianna is not selling items right now because she wants to be ready to report yeah. sales tax and things like that. But follow along because um, you will be popping up a few places before you have a store. Yes. Is that I right? I will be. I plan on doing, I have one pop-up planned. And then you want to go ahead and tell that, the people? Go ahead. Yeah. On April 30th, I'm popping up at Foam Coffee in Gulf Shores uh, for their five-year anniversary. We're doing like a little thing. Um, and that's going to be my first pop-up. Yeah. So it's like kind of like a grand – it's kind of like a soft opening, I guess. And um, what can people expect, expect from the um, pop-up? So I'm going to have a couple of linens – you know, spring colors, couple graphic tees, couple Levi's. I know everybody wants that. Okay. Um, I don't really have any of my wholesale stuff yet, but hopefully by my second pop-up, I will have a couple <coughs> of things. But yeah, just follow along on the Instagram and I'll be keeping everybody updated. I'm teasing it a little bit. This is my first time officially announcing it. So, <laughs> but and we- I'll be talking. A little bit, and we just want to clarify: Brianna is not leaving our businesses. No, I am not. (laughs) She is. She will still be our social media manager, and might even be out on the beach with a camera this summer. Yeah, I was going to say following mom's footsteps, and she's uh, gaining more responsibility probably for short shooters (laughs) and starting a business. So she's going to be a busy. Everybody's like, "Are you going to college? What are you doing?" I'm like, "I ain't got time for that." College. You got you got too many jobs to go to college. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Well, Brianna, I know that the business is going to be a huge success, and we're looking forward to seeing it all happen. And yeah. thank you for joining us this week and uh, telling us about your business. And we'll have you maybe once you get the store open, we can have you back on for a follow up on that. That would be good. All right, but for now, that's going to do it for this week's podcast. Again, like April said, if you have a question about starting a business, you can always email me, ron at shoreshooters.com is my email address, and I'm always happy to help out. And we'll be back next week with another Might Sound Wild podcast.